Love Talk Radio. of The Mystical Matchmaker. I'm your host, Marla Martinson. If you're new to the show, thanks for popping in. And if you have been with me before, thanks for coming back. Oh my gosh. So I'm having a cup of coffee. I'm having that um, Christmas blend from uh, Trader Joe's. You know, they put like some peppercorn and cinnamon in there. I'm just finishing up the last quarter of that of that uh, container. So um and we're coming into February. I, I, in the neighborhood, I still see a few people with Christmas decorations still up on the houses. So they're really milking that, right? So <laughs> um, I have to say in my space here, I do have my little Christmas lights still up. I love those twinkle lights and the battery-operated candles and just making everything so cozy and um, inviting, you know, when you're in your workspace. So I love that. Um I'm going to start this. I have a great guest today, and we're going to be talking about healing and love. But I'm going to just read, as I usually do, a little um, segment from Louise Hay's Heart Thoughts, A Treasury of Inner Wisdom. And this is All My Experiences Are Right For Me. We have been going through doors since the moment we were born. That was a big door and a big change. We came to this planet to experience life this particular time around. We chose our parents. And we have been through many doors since then. We came equipped with everything within us that we need in order to live this life fully and richly. We have all the wisdom. We have all the knowledge. We have all the abilities and all the talents. We have all the love and all the emotions that we need. Life is here to support us, care of us. And we need to know and trust that it is so. Doors are constantly closing and constantly opening. And if we stay centered in ourselves, then we are always safe no matter which doorway we pass through. Even when we pass through the last doorway on this planet, it is not the end. It is the beginning of another new adventure. It is all right to experience change. Today is a new day. We will have many wonderful new experiences. We are loved. We are safe. And so it is. It's so interesting um, talking about relationships, which we're going to talk about today with my guest, Kevin, um, uh, who wrote an amazing book. It's Kevin Kreditsky, and he wrote a book called The Still Point, The Simplicity of Spiritual Enlightenment, and there's a great chapter in there about relationships. And I was thinking, you know, reading this um, Louise Hay quote, there's a uh, somebody that I know that I knew, oh, over 30 years ago that I, I uh it was interesting because we were very interested in each other romantically, but I was in a relationship and then uh, he was in a relationship and I was in a relationship and, and it never quite, even though we had a little dalliance, it never uh, quite, uh, it didn't work out. And then he moved um, very far away and, and um, with the, we didn't have the internet. This was in the eighties and no way to find each other or anything. So you don't keep in touch, didn't keep in touch with people back then. And then interestingly enough, you know, I, you may have been 
experiencing this, but 30, 40 years later, now that we have Facebook and LinkedIn and the internet and websites and all of this stuff, people are reconnecting. And it's really fun to say, oh, well, what have you been doing for the past 30 or 40 years, you know, or 15 years or 20, whatever, 10 years. But, but for me, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's been a little longer. And um, he was talking about that because we got back in touch just, you know, as friends and, and uh, um, he uh, was talking about, and he still lives very far away, um, talking about those sliding doors. Those, it, it's like there was, a, there was a movie with Gwyneth Paltrow. I think it was called Sliding Doors. It's like you, which door you can go through this door, go through this door, and there's doors that are sliding, and you kind of just miss each other. Um, there was another relationship that I had that also I was, when I met this person, it, I was very young in my early 20s, and he was very sexy and somebody I would really want to go out with. He asked me out and I said, well, I'm, I have a boyfriend. I'm living with him. And it wasn't going well with the boyfriend. It was, it was not well, but I was, I was in a relationship. So I said, I can't, I can't go out with you. And then I, I, I regretted it. And then later I broke up with a boyfriend and this guy also lived far away, but came into town once in a while for business and we'd see each other. And, but it just didn't work either. It was these sliding doors and, and also lost touch. And then, um, 20 years later, uh, well, 20, 25 years later, reconnected, um, saw each other at a party, and then re- gave each other a business card, reconnected on, on the Internet, and uh, um, checking in on each other because there's great, great love there. But, of course, nothing uh, developed romantically, and it was another sliding door. It was like these people. And when I was um, tuning in, you know, in a meditation and doing a little channeling. And I, I, I got the message that, you know, there's people that are in our soul groups that maybe we were married to in past lives. Maybe we were, um, you know, uh, in the family together. Maybe one was a brother, sister, friend, mother. And then we reconnect in this life. And some of them we will be in a very close circle. Some of them we will get in relationships again. And some of them will just be passing by, going through a, a door, you know, passing through a doorway, one doorway to the next, and just saying hello uh, briefly. So that's why I like to, to uh, when I'm doing like spiritual counseling or readings, like to encourage people not to fret if something doesn't work out for a lifetime. Or people, um, women especially, we get worried if we meet someone and maybe things are going well, and it may only have been one date or a few weeks but we get concerned and really want to know. We want to know, is he the one? Are we going to be together forever? Is, are we going to get married? Where, you know, we don't know if that's a sliding door, if that's somebody that's came in for a little pop-in to teach us a lesson or to spend a lifetime. So it's, that's kind of the fun of it, right? It's a, it's a surprise. It's like opening up a gift and also um, challenging our, our boundaries and, places we need to heal and would this person be a good good fit into your life. So before I bring on my guest, I just want to tell you something exciting. I am so everybody I want you to um if you if you're interested in what I'm doing, I would love for you to go to my uh website, marlamartinson.com and um get on my newsletter because that's where uh, once a week I send updates on what's going on and I am uh conducting three free webinars um for boundaries. Um, some of you might know I'm a boundaries coach. I have an amazing 12-week uh, program, and I'm going to be doing a group group coaching starting March 30th. So it'll be very affordable. It'll be very fun. It'll be very enlightening, healing, and we'll have the support of the group. 
And so um, please get on the, the email list so you can get the info on that. All right, so my guest today, Kevin Krenitsky, MD, just read you his bio. Uh, he has been, Kevin's been at times a professional rock musician, a medical doctor, and a business executive. Despite leaving a life deemed outwardly successful, he lived with a deep background of anxiety, fear, and stress that waxed and waned since early childhood. At the age of 40, in the midst of decades of suppressing tremendous inner and outer conflict, he reasoned that there must be another way. This willingness led to a decade of studying non-duality by way of A Course in Miracles. Later, at the height of a successful business career, he turned away into relative isolation and soon found the direct path to the recognition of our true nature. One day in meditation, a thought came that a book called The Still Point would be written. And five years later, the first words arrived, and here we are. So uh, welcome, Kevin. Hi, Marla. How are you? Hey, Kevin. Phenomenal. Great to have you on. I'm so excited about this book. And um, you guys, Kevin and my paths did cross years ago in, in, in business. Um, I had met him, and so he wasn't a stranger to me. And uh, another uh, doorways uh, passing through because I had, I had <laughs> met him years ago, and uh, then his, his PR person sent me the book, and I, he says, would you like to – to interview Kevin, I said, "Well, yes, I would." <laughs> so, so it's it's great to to reconnect. So, so this is phenomenal. So, this book kind of came to you in meditation. Tell me a little bit more about this. Yeah, well, I, you know, um, there was a period of kind of turning away from the world and, um, you know, stepping out of working full time, really to. Uh, just spend time, uh, you know, concentrating more on this kind of recognition. And, yeah, it, it, it really uh, somewhat, uh, you know, earlier in that period, this, this thought came that the book would be written. But it, it took years after that before any words actually came. And um, it was really, uh, in, in many ways, it was really that simple. Mm-hmm. And so you mentioned uh, uh, you had been studying A Course in Miracles for 10 years, which is fascinating. I have that A Course in Miracles right on my shelf. I'm looking at it now. It's it's a very powerful and activating book. Um, I have, uh, I'm actually doing another interview with a woman called Tina Spaulding tomorrow, who she's been on my YouTube channel before. And she, after a decade, I think it was a 10 or 12 years, like yourself studying that book, she had a Kundalini awakening and started channeling Jesus. And so she, uh, she um, does that. And so it seems like this, yeah. this book was very activating for you too. So, so just tell us a little bit about that your experience yeah. with the Course yeah. in Miracles. Yeah. It's interesting. I've actually, I, I, I've met Tina and I've actually spoken to Tina in the past. So I know who Tina is. Mm. Yeah. She's, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. she's great. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, yeah. So what was, I'm sorry. The question again was about, uh, was oh about yeah, the, with the Course the, in Miracles. It, it seems like a very powerful and activating book for a lot of people and it, and it did for you. I, it feels like this was yeah. the catalyst that kind of, yeah. So just talk a little bit about so, your experience with A Course in Miracles. Yeah, the course, I mean, the course came really out of relationship. You know, you're talking a lot about relationship and, and um, mm-hmm. you know, dealing with relationships. And I had, um, I had met someone, you know, years ago, eventually became my wife, but met someone where, you know, there was a very, very um, instant recognition 
that we had and, you know, began a very intense relationship. But that relationship, as so often happens with intense relationships, turned, um, you know, turned very confrontational and, you know, would wax and wane between periods of uh, kind of great, you know, great bliss and true and sincere conflict. And um, it was unique uh, in a sense because there was, there was a true, uh, a true attraction, a true love there that really prevented us from walking away. But being together at times was absolute misery. Created this situation mm-hmm. where there was essentially, um, there's, there was seemingly no, you know, no way out. And um, yeah. that really led to uh, this willingness. And of course, miracles showed up. And of course, miracles was really the kind of the first foray into healing that relationship and, and, you know, uh, moving that, moving that relationship uh, forward. So the principles, the principles of the course were really very helpful in beginning to unwind the egoic sense of separation that, you know, most, um, most people have, most people on this planet still have. So after, uh, after a period of time, my initial, my initial belief was um, in turning away from the world that I would just kind of intensify, you know, studying the course and, and, and moving more into, um, into living, you know, living the course. Uh, but as, as, you know, as fate would have it, I came across this direct, this direct path. And um, really that was what kind of galvanized everything. Everything came together, um, came together with the direct path. I was, able to move from an intellectual understanding to a felt knowing understanding. And uh, that really began to make uh, all the difference. Yeah. And, and that's amazing. And for people who, who don't know what we're talking about, A Course in Miracles, it's a book uh, which was public, came out in 1976. It's a, it's a channeled text by Hel- Helen Schumann and, um, she channels it, and it's the underlying premise is that the greatest miracle is the act of simply gaining a full awareness of love's presence in a person's life. And it was dictated her uh, for her word for word, and, and she does believe that it was it's uh, channeled by Jesus as the um, voice in the Course in Miracles. And it, it's, it is very. And Marianne Williamson is one of the most popular teachers of uh, a Course in Miracles. Uh, Gabby Bernstein does a lot of that too, and. And it's, yeah, very powerful, very activating. And one of the things you were talking about is that this, which I'd love to just expand on, Kevin, is as a matchmaker that a lot of the, well, singles will feel like, okay, if they don't have that initial spark, that initial like just mad madness about it, like just, oh, I've never felt like this before with anybody. And I hear that a lot. I do intuitive readings as well. And they'll, I'll say, oh, I, it's got to be my soul. I, it's a twin flame because I, I've never felt like this about somebody. And, and I find that when they're so excited about that spark and that um, intensity, it can really burn out, you know, something's not right there. It's like, you know, <laughs> what, yeah. what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, I, I think that, um, 
it, it's true. It, it uh, the I guess the value of the value of my relationship was a relationship in which, seemingly, no matter how bad things got, and they could be awful at times, you know, there was an inability to move away from that really. And I think yeah. um, when that isn't present, um, most most you know most people will just you know move on or you know step away from the relationship mm-hmm. or, you know, move move into another relationship and and all that and. Um, you know, it, 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 it was a blessing. It was a, it was a blessing. It didn't really seem like one at the time, but it was absolutely a blessing in my case that there was a necessity to, um, to work this out. There was a necessity to look at the ego structure and a recognition that that structure had to be dropped, uh, for this relationship to be able to work. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I like, you know, I like how you write in the book in the, in chapter six, the healing of our relationships. Um, you know, it says that some of those relationships can be very turbulent and that's the difference between what of course a miracle calls a special relationship versus a holy relationship. And you say almost all romantic relationships in which neither party has glimpsed this understanding is a special relationship in which one partner wants or chooses another for the purpose of making them happy by fulfilling, by filling in their sense of lack. And this is a recipe for disaster as witnessed by the massive rates of separation and divorce seen all over the world. You are the only one that can make you feel whole and complete. And that we think of that movie with Tom Cruise saying, you complete me, you know, that, and uh, women grab onto that. But really, yeah, just speak a little bit about that. We we tend to look for yeah, somebody you know, else, like what's in it for me. Yeah. Well, yeah, I think you know those are you know most of the relationships of the world and individuals who have not recognized their inherent wholeness, the wholeness of their being. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the, the, the turbulence doesn't have anything to do with it. It's simply the fact that when one retains the belief of being the body and the mind, when one's identity is based in form meaning we believe we are our body-mind, we believe we are our thoughts. Um, We have an inherent sense of lack. That is a sense of fragmentation. We are not whole. Um, We are not complete. That's the state. That's, you know, that's the state of humanity. It's the reason why the world is in the state, um, you know, that it's in. And what we tend to do, particularly with romantic relationships, is we want to go in and we want to fill in that sense of lack. We want to find a partner mm-hmm. and we want to place on that partner the impossible burden of filling in our lack mm-hmm. and making us happy. And it's impossible. It's an absolute impossibility. Yeah. So, you know, we have to turn inward and we have to recognize what I call the still point. It's been called many, you know, many names throughout, um, throughout the traditions, but, this is simply our, our, our aware being, and our aware being is shared. You know, we don't have uh, 7 billion people running around, each with their individual consciousness. If there's one consciousness, you know, it's true there are you know, 7 billion minds that are precipitated from that, but, you know, that is one whole shared being. And when we recognize that and begin to um, recognize that and integrate that, then our happiness and our wholeness and our peace is self-evident. And we don't have to look to place that burden on, um, on a partner. 
Yeah, that's interesting when you're talking about there's one, like there's one mind, there's one consciousness, and that's like what the world is going through a dark night of the soul right now with what's going on across the globe. And it's a mass event. It's uh, something that we created as, with our thoughts and, and all of that. So it's, it's um, be interesting how, but so we're always connected. So that's the importance of meditating, of praying, of saying positive affirmations and not filling our minds with a lot of negativity and, and bad news on the news and all of that. Uh, and, and when we want, and when we want to find that partner that's perfect for us, not think listening. So because this is interesting, I'll say to somebody, well, what are you looking for in a partner? And often they'll say, well, I don't want someone who cheats. I don't want someone who doesn't have a good job or I don't want uh, a short guy or whatever. Instead of, you know, so they'll go, uh, the human mind often goes right to the negatives of, of, of the negative things instead of saying, well, I would really love to create this and these are the qualities I'm looking for and stuff. So that's very important to um I feel is to stay yeah. stay in that the po- the positive, yeah. And so, yeah. also yeah. when I'm also yeah, go ahead, expand on that. Oh no, I was I was just going to say, you know, many times we have very very clear ideas as to what we may want or what we don't want or how something will look, and and the reality of what comes along and what ultimately is what is right for us is is simply it is not chosen by the mind. You know, when you um, when you're when you find or you see your your soulmate, or however you want to describe that, um, it's it's very often not chosen by the mind. You know, they they, they may have uh, qualities uh, that are very very different than what you thought you needed or what you thought you wanted, um, because you know the mind um, the mind really can't choose what's right. Yeah, we do get up in the head about the whole thing, trying to plot it out and plan it out. If I do this, and what about this? Instead of kind of dropping down into the heart and the soul and letting that lead. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because Absolutely. exactly because because ultimately, when you know when you're in your mind, you're 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 right back trying to f- fulfill your sense of lack with what you think uh, you know what you think will fulfill that and. That's a very, very different type of uh, relationship starter than g- going with the heart, as you said. Mm-hmm. And what I'm seeing a lot of uh, lately is women, you know, talking about being with a narcissist. Like this narcissism is like rampant, gone rampant. And and there's a group on on um, on social media that I that I'm in. And uh, there's there's over twenty two thousand women in this narcissistic abuse and recovery trauma. And I've been in in relationships with really severe narcissists and um i'm seeing do you see more of this i mean it's like almost like an epidemic what i'm seeing in, in women that i'm talking to that have broken up or gotten divorced and and they you know say that the partner had these these qualities presenting yeah, but I mean, you know, we, we can control ourselves. I mean, we can, we, can, we can change ourselves. We can find ourselves. We can go to our nature and find ourselves and recognize the peace and happiness that we are. You know, for us to uh, point the finger, uh, you know, at, at anyone else um, is ultimately counterproductive. You know, the only ability that we have is the ability to choose again and to, to recognize what we are at the core of our being. Yeah, because um, that choosing again, which is true, it's like we put ourselves in victim mode, like this person did this to us or treated me this way, and then oftentimes we'll continue to stay in a situation for a long time, and that 
victim mode where we don't realize we're in victim mode. But yeah, we, we can always choose. It's like, okay, I'm not being treated well by this person or, or this is, a, so let me choose again and choose to remove myself or choose to get some counseling or, which I want to bring up is the counseling because I think you talked, you, you, you did talk about that. And um, I don't know if this counseling always, you know, what about couples counseling as, as a substitute or trying to, what do you think about that? It's, Often doesn't well, work. I know men, yeah, men are I, I, tend to be more resistant on it. You know. No, I mean I, I talk about really the limitations of, of, of counseling, and certainly there are there's okay. absolutely a place for you know for counseling, absolutely in um, certain situations. Yeah. But you know, with, without that recognition, without uh, the counselor sharing, or at least you know uh, understanding this enough to be able to point individuals back to themselves and to recognize mm-hmm. their, their, you know, inherently fulfilled nature. Um, at, at best, you know, it, 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 can be, it can be a bit of a relief, but it's very difficult to find that cure because the cure, um, the cure comes from the recognition, uh, again, of what we are uh, that is inherently fulfilled. You know, the other problem we have is the you know the ego doesn't the ego doesn't see its own uh faults and its own problems it only projects onto onto the other so we may blame our partner for any number of things and um while that may be relatively true we we fail to recognize that we're very firmly with the ego we're very firmly um, in a place yeah. of lack and having having lack beliefs and projecting those beliefs onto onto the other. So, yeah, and then to and then sometimes partners will have a different spiritual belief, you know, and they argue frequently about that best path, um, you know. So I've been in situations like that where I have my my what I want, and then the person would say, "No, but why aren't you, you know, following this?" Uh, t- spiritual teachers doing this meditation or that meditation. And it's, I find it so personal um, that, uh, you know, or somebody may, yeah, speak a little bit about couples who are. I mentioned, I mentioned, you know, yeah, yeah. Within the book, there's a question of what about partners that have different spiritual beliefs, you know, who argue frequently about what the best path is. And I say that, you know, two partners arguing about what path to truth is the best path yeah. is much like a couple yeah. who lives at home in Los Angeles all their lives. And then one day they forget mm-hmm. where they live and they, they plan a road trip from New York to Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. One, one wants to go, you know, North through Chicago and the Rockies. The other wants to take a more Southerly route. Um, they're forgetting they're already home dreaming that they need to somehow get back to where they, where they are. Meaning that our, our being is always with us. Our true nature is always with us and any path, mm-hmm that you take, you know, how, how can you take a path to get to where you already are? That's the value of the direct path. That's the, the value of recognizing your own self-aware being and then being that, you know, you want to call it meditation. You want to sit as that, you know, you do that over and over and over again. And you begin then to get some separation between your mind and your being, you know, your thoughts arise from your being. It's not the other way around. And once that separation happens, you can deepen, you can begin to deepen that and you can recognize that the mind comes and goes, thoughts come and go. They last, what, three seconds, five seconds, you know, and this is the same with, uh, the same with feelings. So, you know, ultimately there's no path to where we're already standing. We just have to recognize that 
And then um, the work is really returning to it over and over again until we get grounded in it. Mm-hmm. And then as peace yeah. and happiness becomes, you know, much more evident, uh, the relationship begins to change, you know, whether your partner's doing it or not. It doesn't take two partners to do this. You know, even if just one does this, that, that becomes um, something that is really, uh, really transmitted, and the relationship can truly begin to change and, and truly begin to grow at, at that point. Yeah, because you mentioned there's just one consciousness, so if one person is just doing work. So, so that's a great point. Yeah. Great point to make. Yeah. yeah. And if two, and if two, you know, and if two are doing yeah. it, wonderful, wonderful, absolutely. You know, that, at, at that point, it can become very much um, of an accelerant. You know, it can become a yeah. – it is a living classroom already, but when two are doing the work, it can become truly a living classroom where, uh, you know, your mirror is always there. You know, your, your, um, your sadhana, your practice is always there, you know, in front of you in, in, in terms of your partner and the way you act and interact and react. Mm-hmm. And now as a matchmaker, I'm having to, you know, you always have to screen for different things. Like, do they want kids, maybe religion, maybe location, age group, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm, uh, the last few years I had to start screening for politics and now for vaccination status. Because <laughs> so there's more and more things yeah. that are separating us. And um, any, any words on wisdom on that? Um, or do you feel that, I mean, it's a pretty big I- issue. Yeah. No, I, I, you know, I think it gets back to the same idea of trying to have the mind pick for us the one thing the mind can never do. You know, it, it, we will, uh, we will forever be out in the desert if we're sitting down and trying to put a list together of, um, you know, of, of that which is going to complete us. It can't be done. The only one that can complete us is ourselves. You know, look, the real reality of this, and of course, you know, your business is going to go on and, 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 and flourish and people are going to continue to have relationships. But, you know, the real reality is that we should be very leery about getting into committed relationships um, until we recognize uh, or at least willing to, to recognize the wholeness that we already are, you know, because it's only then that we can alleviate others from the burden of, you know, trying to do the impossible and coming from that place of recognizing what we already are and, and having the egoic tendencies and conditionings, you know, drop away, then a relationship can be truly celebratory. You know, you can celebrate that. But, you know, without that, um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's very, very, uh, it's very, very difficult. Yeah, it's, it, this, is, this is really the key and loosening that grip, not trying to force it to look like something that you want it to look like and letting it and allowing the other person to be who they are in their space and you be who you are in your space. And, um, yeah, that's, that's beautiful. So, Kevin, what are you doing? Are you still working as a medical doctor? What are you doing these days? What's going on with you? Yeah, no, you know, I, um, I was um, in the biotech industry in the medical, as a medical executive in the, in, the di- um, in, the, in the biotech and diagnostic industry. And I still do a few things. Um, I still do a few things there. But uh, I've, you know, in, in really over the past uh, writing the book, and now I'm just really, really supporting the book. Um, so that's, uh, that's more or less the doing. <laughs> that's, that's kind of been... Uh, happening, so still have you know one toe really in uh, in the medical diagnostics and and biotech world, but um, very uh, very little at this point. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, that, that's fantastic. And and uh, your website, everybody, Kevin's website is authorkevinkrinitsky.com. That's K-R-E-N-I-T-S-K-Y. It's linked up back at Blog Talk Radio on, um, you know, any of the podcast platforms that you're listening to this on. And uh, any any closing words you want to say, Kevin? No, it was wonderful. Uh, it was wonderful uh, connecting with you. Um, and give my best to Tina Louise when you talk to her tomorrow. And, uh, oh yeah, just, uh, that's going to be tomorrow. To, yeah, yeah. It was great catching up. That's great. And everybody, get uh, check out his book, The Still Point: The Simplicity of Spiritual Enlightenment. And thanks so much, Kevin, for joining us today. And I'm sending everybody much, much love. Until next time. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. If you love this podcast, please leave a review on iTunes and hit the subscribe button. For more inspiration and to stay connected, find me on Instagram at The Mystical Matchmaker or my website, MarlaMartinson.com. Much, much love and hope you have a mystical, magical day.